Welcome to the Progress Podcast, a special episode of the Progress Podcast. Looking back at the groundbreaking, probably award-winning, genre-defining Freedom's Road, which dropped last month on Demand Progress, Season 2. Of course, Jay is here as usual. Thanks, Callum. But she's not important today. What's important is, and I'm not important either, what's really important is the geniuses behind Freedom's Road, the two mavericks who put this whole thing together from the Progress production crew, Al Ronald and Debbie Atwell are here to discuss the show. My business is my business, just like this business is my business. Everybody welcome at the Projo, isn't it? I just died, I'm I'm the OJMO. OJMO. There's no such thing as time travel. Hi, Mr. T. It's Big T. I'm just trying to save the school, Daz. Save you. If you really want to be great, you have to take it. You have to take what's yours. My children, it's time for you to ascend and take what they've built. This isn't a comic book, this is pro wrestling, this is real life. Welcome, welcome back to the podcast, Al, and welcome to the podcast, Debbie. Thank you. Yes, hello. Very pleased to be here. Yeah, and to be called geniuses is always nice. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm excited. I've been excited to do this ever since. I've been excited to see Freedom's Road, obviously, for, you know, 14 months, ever since <laughs> we did those tapings last June, uh, which is crazy to think about. And obviously seeing the show, I knew we had to do this. We had to get you guys on here to talk about all the things that people have never seen, because obviously Al's been on the podcast uh, it, a decent amount since last June. And every time Al came on the podcast, we'd do the podcast and they'd be like, okay, Al, so tell me what's happening in the Freedom's Road. How's it going? <laughs> it, it'll be ready when it's ready. Yeah. It, it's not just on the podcast. It's it's every moment in life we're getting. When's Freedom's Road coming out? <laughs> it's yeah. so nice not to be asked that. Yeah, instead it's when season three coming yeah. out. Yeah, <laughs> it's like we just finished, guys. <laughs> so basically you're John now is what you're saying. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I feel his pain. But it must be nice though that from like june to august the hype kind of kept going that people were still interested because that must have been a concern right that it took so long maybe people would forget about it or not be interested you mean when it finally came out yeah yeah it was amazing like we couldn't believe how often people were talking about it. yeah it it was definitely a concern that it would come out and it would just go under the radar and that's the last thing we wanted having worked so hard on it obviously (laughs) So, um, yeah, we're amazed at the amount of hype that's come out. And mostly Um, positive, which I also didn't expect. The haters are staying very quiet (laughs) at the moment. You draw them out. (laughs) So let's let's start at the beginning because it's a very good place to start. Oh, Jesus. (laughs) It's going to be that kind of podcast. (laughs) Unless it's Freedom's Road, in which case the best place to start is at the end. Because that is indeed where it starts. Spoilers. (laughs) <laughs> it's in the trailer it's fine well i mean it's in the trailer but it's not in the toilet trailer that it's the end i spoilers then i guess yeah exactly <laughs> I mean, yeah, okay so for, up front full spoilers for freedom's road season two there is nothing sacred here 
we will I'd be say maybe 50% sacred. No, nothing <laughs> sacred. Not so please, podcast. if you're listening to this and you haven't seen it, please turn this off and watch yeah, don't, it. Yeah, don't listen to this. <laughs> Go watch it. You'll regret it if you listen to this without seeing it. We will be talking about all the twists and turns, uh, the ending. As I say, the the clip that's in the trailer is, in fact, uh, almost all of the final seconds of the show. uh, And we'll talk about that when we get there. But first of all. No, I'm going to put my... We should allude to the twists and turns. I don't want to spoil it for any... I want them to be able to listen to this and then be like, what the fuck are they talking about? And then go and watch it. Because <laughs> I suppose there inevitably will be some I'm people who completely ignore what we say and are continuing listening. Well, why don't, why don't you, why don't right you give some teasers? Those people now. deserve to have the ending spoiled <laughs> <Yeah>. for them. <laughs> yeah. why don't we, and to, to be you, fair, sir. I always tell people that I knew who Kaiser Soze was before I saw the end of The Usual Suspects, <laughs> and it was still a very good film. So, <laughs> you know, you never know. I'm well, talking to you, sir, you listening to this now who hasn't seen it and well, hasn't turned it off. I'm now inside your head. <laughs> Turn this off and watch Freedom's Road. Okay. Well, I'm terrified. Are you now. done messing with people now? Yeah. But yeah. Now, no, now, of course you're never now all bets are off because we've got questions. We've got questions about the ending. We've got questions about some. We have some of the surprises. So we're going to get. We have to get into all those because people who have watched it, they need answers from inside Al's brain, uh, and we'll see if Good we can crack that brain open and spill out some answers later on. But <laughs> let's start at the beginning. Where did Freedom's Road come from? <laughs> Well, <sighs> let's go back to your childhood. Uh, no, me and Debbie, we have worked together for ages. Uh, film is our background. We met making films. Um, and we've worked on various projects, yeah. feature films. I think it's good to explain this because people won't realise that yeah. uh, we, we met in 2001 working on a short film. And yeah. We've worked and together. Consistently worked together since. So. And lived together. <laughs> Well, yeah. <laughs> but also work together. So we've we've had a lot of projects that we've worked together. So we came from a film background and before we came into wrestling. Mm-hmm. And we made horror movies. We had them out in shops um, before. Any, t- any wrestling came along. So yeah. when it did, it was always kind of at the back of our mind that we could combine the two somehow. Um, obviously, it took a little while for us to get there. But um, yeah, the, the general idea came from chatting with John about it basically Mm -hmm. so John would tend to drive us back from shows in Manchester and Birmingham so we'd have a how long's that trip four four hours or so 10 million years of being very tired (laughs) very tired people sitting talking shit basically (laughs) talking nonsense and Al would start talking about this vague idea he had that he wanted to try something new and obviously we're filmmakers there must be something new we could try yeah it just kind of spiraled from there didn't it and john's always very up for thinking of new ideas you know and um, he's a big film fan as well so it just kind of slowly congealed Mm. (laughs) into an idea yeah each each trip i was like i've been thinking on it more (laughs) and it just gradually we still weren't when we first made the first season we weren't sure what it was. We weren't sure if it would work. You know, we were trying something totally new. So it was very experimental. And that's why, I mean, parts worked and parts didn't work. Um, of, the my, first, of yeah. the first season, yeah. Because it was very second. much just testing the water and seeing if people hated it or liked it. So when, yeah. when, when were these first conversations with John, roughly? Whenever we first started doing Manchester, probably. Yeah. So the end um, of 2015. December yeah. 2015. Yeah. yeah, yeah, probably. And so they just kind of um, 
yeah, those drives home must have been sheer hell for John. <laughs> uh, just listening to me talk shit for four hours. Uh, and eventually he cracked and let me do it. <laughs> but yeah, so it was kind of... Yeah, the first series, is, I think it's fair to say, completely different from the second one, right? Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, To speak about how we made the first season, I mean, we were still... It was still essentially an endeavour... Pretty um, much, yeah. Then an endeavor show, and we it was wrote potential, wasn't it? Oh, potential! It was, sorry. It was yeah, one of potential. each. It was it was a potential and an endeavor over two nights. Thanks, Callum. Oh, good. I'm glad you're here, Callum. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> this is what I'm for. And you and you recorded because <laughs> yeah, because you. I remember hearing about this at the time, sort of mm-hmm. from people who were there on Twitter. That you that was sort of a vague allusion to this being for a new thing, and that then there was some confusion because uh, on the first day. Kyle Ashmore came out and challenged Damon Moser to a match next week. <laughs> yes. Yeah, I think you I'd hear that in the episode that. of people going, next week? And we're what? like, shh, let it go. <laughs> yeah, so the first one, all the backstage bits and pieces of the first one were shot at the show itself. So we were there for hours running around like idiots. Mm, I, I'd be backstage during some matches, getting people ready for a scene. Or, yeah. You know, um, so that show, that first series is still very much a drama uh, built around a wrestling show. Yeah, and the other thing was the drama was literally written to fit in with the show. We had no hand in kind of com- plot- planning the matches. Mm-hmm. Um, we were like, how can we retrofit, uh, you know, building up to this match or after this match, which made it very difficult, obviously, to make it a coherent story. And that's why I think it comes across a bit more of your traditional kind of, you know what I'm trying to say yeah yeah yeah, because it it was the backstage oh no I'm gonna win almost you know which was never our plan but it kind of had to be that way to make sense yeah we sort of had to go through that process to get to where we are with series two which is an entirely different beast beast (laughs) do you so yeah Jay do you have any questions on that first block of season one well so one of the questions I have is did you was the experience of working on the first one an opportunity? I mean, obviously you both work on Progress's chapter shows and stuff like that as well. So mm. you have an intimate knowledge of a lot of the people that ended up mm. in the second Freedom's Road. But was that like an opportunity for you to learn more about where people's skills were in terms of acting so that that could help you inform who was in the second one? Or was it did like people come to you and say, like, I really want to do this thing, whatever you guys are doing, can I be a part of it? No, we, yeah, the first one definitely kind of, it taught me a lot directing about how, like, who works best and who, obviously some of them have an acting background, so mm-hmm. I'm going to use them a little bit more just because they understand the process better and, because some of them, these guys are, like, they've never experienced a film shoot, they've they've done <laughs> lots of promos, they've been in front of the camera a lot, but in terms of actually, you know, doing several takes from different mm-hmm. angles, stuff like that, they... They don't really have a concept but of that, so they were learning. There was a learned. little bit of, oh, I have to do it again, almost. <laughs> like, 17 yeah, you, times. You need to do it a few more times. <laughs> um, so, yeah, it helped us kind of decide, yeah, who would take more of a prominent role in the second series, I suppose. I, I think it was, obviously, John had a, a yeah. hand in that of who we thought would be good to kind of push forward because, I mean, the whole point of the series was to give the newer people a bit of a you know, people can get to know them. I mean, it worked to our advantage that becoming out the 14-month 
months or whatever later, um, people already knew the characters. So OJMO, for instance, everyone already loved him by the time the series came out. Whereas when we mm. shot it, it was his very first match. <laughs> so, <laughs> I mean, it's just luck that everyone loved it, <laughs> to my, be honest. My but... sort of theory for the first series, which kind of carried over into the second series, I'd say is that... If you've got someone starting out, it's really hard to give them a kind of juicy storyline at live shows because there's only so much space mm-hmm. and time. Um, and, you know, I think it's fair to say in most cases that a storyline can make a wrestler, basically. Mm-hmm. It makes the character. And so the idea was kind of with Freedom's Road is to give them a storyline that can play out over... And, so you can, you've basically watched a, a feud or a storyline for lots of the new talent that you just haven't seen it in a live show yet, but it kind of gives you that insight into their character over mm. the course of nine episodes. It's kind of one of the ideas behind mm. it, I suppose. Um, before we move away from the first season two, I feel compelled to ask this question that I have, and I'm sure many people have been thinking about for a long time now. Who <laughs> convinced John Briley to be in the first season? Was he in the first season? Well, I don't even remember. He, he, he goes to goes look backstage for looking for Mambo. <laughs> of yeah. Oh, of course he does. Uh, to be honest, it didn't take that much convincing. <laughs> um, see, what people one of the things people don't realize about John is he has a great sense of humor, and he very your sense of humor, Al, and his very much. I think all it took was John. Somebody needs to be searching for Chuck Mambo backstage because he's traveling in time. Do you mind doing that? And he said, okay. Yeah. John has an amazing amount of trust in you, Al, which yeah, <laughs> rightly or yeah. wrongly. And, and he, John tends to go with it. So More yeah, it was him, great. I and I love that he was in it because I love John. I'd forgotten so. about that. Yeah. That was like the, the cameo to end all cameos was, yeah. for a lot of people. Yeah. They were like, did you hear the most That's recent like, episode of Freedom's Road has John Briley in it? It was like, like um, Jack Nicholson with, had been in Freedom's Road or something. It's like up there with Bill Murray in Zombieland, yeah. I think. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so you did those first, the first sort of retrofitted Freedom's Road on those first two shows. And then we moved to those, uh, this, sort of the second, it's not half of season one mm. but it's the the second part of season yes. one which was all filmed at the dome over those two nights and i mean i remember you know there were there were scripts and there was like episode breakdowns and it yeah. was the most involved thing i've ever <laughs> been a part of in wrestling and it, yeah. it, it was just like you know because you've gone somewhere up to that point it was the most two. involved thing i'd been a part of in wrestling. <laughs> yeah what what was the season two came along because you've done this in season one and then you again when you're looking at these next set of tapings did you have more input on the wrestling that time season the the sort of second block of the first 1.5 was really not done any differently to the Mm -hmm. first lot we Uh, we just pushed it a little bit further i think you had to say more in the matches because there was Mambo's yeah. time travel wasn't Yeah, wasn't we sort there. of and... realised that the matches could tie in more and there was a few different things here and there, but like generally speaking it was just a slight advancement of the first series. It didn't really do anything new. Um but it was that block that made me because we pushed that really far, like you're saying, it was really involved. Um and I it was that that made me think in if we keep the format the way it is this is as far as it can go, really, um, within the budget and within the time that we have to do it. So that's when it kind of, we went back to formula a little bit and we're like, well, how do we shake it up even more? Yeah, I mean, you can see in that 
second block that we were we were already pushing the ridiculous a little bit with the um what is it are you reminiscing and well this was the um, thing we were finding we were trying feet, new things and you know. seeing if people like them and, 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 and shenwu's mask it. and stuff like that yeah we were exactly. sort of like will people go for this or will they mm. they hate it and it mm. was like it didn't get many people seeing it i don't think but the people who did see it really went along with it so i was like well let's just push it to the next level mm. so we kind of went back and i kind of repitched the idea to john for series two is where we could go with this idea yeah um, which was i mean my main problem with series one was that it was still a wrestling show it was still backstage at a wrestling show yeah so it still had that soap opera feel and just like any other wrestling show so it was a the whole idea was to try and break that down yeah. and get it away from that I, I remember that was the main thing you wanted to get away from was i don't want just backstage segments i want it set completely somewhere else and that's obviously when the idea of filming it well it was the projo when we were when you wrote it when it was writing um yeah. and that was the idea was oh we have john said you know you can shoot at the projo and so al wrote it all around based around that um to just to try something new and make it something fresh yeah because at the end of the day it was still kind of and i think in sort of the post-production you pushed it a little bit further you know you did like for example the star wars episode yeah, oh yes i, was, I forgot yeah. about that we just did all the star wars wipes and there was the the, the, the shen wu episode with the the shadow imagery you did a lot you did a lot after the fact but it was still kind of Do you know how long i spent show. making those shadow puppets I can imagine. So long and filming them in the middle of the night and thinking, what am I doing? Uh, and then decided to take that and do that for a whole series, pretty much. Yeah. But yeah, like we filmed, I... we filmed like the Matt Riddle, Rob Lynch confrontation like three times. And I'm, pre- <laughs> I'm pretty sure that was Angry angry Level 3, the final version. <laughs> Probably, yeah. They, they did go up and down. <laughs> I yeah, think we tried also. Different levels, I think. Sorry. Carry on. The. the um... The thing about those episodes, though, that make it so interesting and, like, in the grander scheme of of wrestling as a whole is that it was an opportunity for you guys to try something different because that's usually how the coolest stuff in wrestling, like, in the ring, out of the ring, gets made is somebody just says, like, let's throw it all out and start with a clean sheet of paper and there's nothing that's too stupid, there's nothing that's too crazy, let's try it all. And that, because you can clearly see that some of those things that you tried in 1.5 like kind of make their way into influencing too right yeah definitely yeah we could kind of see where the the like where we could take it there was certain Mm. things like the shen wu stuff doesn't entirely work in 1.5 but there was an idea there that i thought we could run with um in series two Um, Mm -hmm. it's little things like i I think in 1.5 there was a, a shot where everyone went under the ring and yes. we had a camera we yep. had a camera under the ring and it was just like an idea that i had of like cuz you see it happen all the time and i was like you never see what happens under there um so we actually shot all the stuff under the ring hours before the doors opened um and then just edited it in yeah and, like, and we were very it. like remember exactly where you crawl in yeah, they, and where they you didn't. crawl out they didn't but, you don't but i don't no one picked up on it but, but it was just like it was a <laughs> tiny little thing but i was yeah. like well no one has really done it yeah, before yeah the, the whole point of certainly 1.5 and well no the whole thing i suppose was to try something new yeah and like you said to just try something that's never been done it was a because... little wrestling laboratory 
That's and, awesome. And luckily we have John as a boss who wants to do new things and is is always up for our crazy ideas. At the same time, though, like, um, I wouldn't say it's a matter of anything goes, which is something we also learned from doing 1.5, is that, like, certainly as a, having written it as a writer, there has to be a sort of internal logic to it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we'll get to that. <laughs> <laughs> Is there is there Jeez. anything in one point five or or one that you look back on and really go, oh fuck that was terrible? Uh, quite a lot of it, if I'm honest. Uh, no, I mean, it, not really because I can see that we're trying something new. Um, yeah, no, not really. It's it's kind of hit and miss in places. I get that it's not perfect, but it was never. We never thought it would be anything really so i went to get some water and entirely missed the question <laughs> <laughs> just what if there's it? anything in 1.5 oh in 1.5 that, that we... looks that we don't like oh there's always bits that yeah. you that are rushed or you know and 1.5 again we were still shooting before the show so it was very much it was you, me you looking at my watch going okay you've got two minutes to do this yeah, yeah. And, there, <laughs> and there are some bits of 1.5 that are not filmed that were filmed later for example like there's an yeah. exterior shot of David Francisco oh, yeah, and David Moser. That was that was literally only because we ran out of time yeah. to do it on the day. Mm. Um, that was never planned. But no. yeah, I, I think yeah, we sort of learned I learned how to direct the talent uh, a bit better, hopefully. And they sort of got an idea of the process. And I think the main thing that came from one point five is that when they saw it, they clicked with what it mm. was that we were trying to do so that when we came to do series two they were more kind of on board with us they kind of knew roughly what yeah. was expected it turned out they had no idea what was going to be expected of them because <laughs> it surprised even us but certainly as a jumping off point people knew roughly what yeah because it was going to be different i remember that in the early days of doing the first season we'd be like can you do the scene and they had no idea what you know, and they they look at the camera. They yeah, or they try and do it in a promo way, and we had to. We were trying to always uh, constantly trying to sort of explain to them. You no, know, we want it more natural. We want it like a conversation. Talk and, like a real person. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And it we had to kind of untrain the promo ness out of them almost. Which by the time sometimes the, yeah, yeah, not yeah. not with everyone, but certainly sometimes. Um, and by the time it came to one point five, they'd seen it. They they got it a bit more. Yeah. And, you know. So 1.5 comes out and mm-hmm. is pretty well received by the people that see it. And mm-hmm. that so that was the March that that was filmed? Yeah. I think that's I right. I cannot me, remember. I think it's roughly <laughs> it was roughly I think it was the March. Yeah. And it was the June when we filmed season 2. Yeah. The matches anyway. Yes. So you filmed a lot of matches in in one day rather than two days this time, and yep. I don't. Uh, did you know? Did you have a rough vision of the the bizarre world of Freedom Road season two at that point? Because <laughs> so, to me, coming into that, it kind of felt not entirely dissimilar from one point five. No, the matches like we didn't want to interfere too much in the show because, of course, at that point as well, we didn't know if that was going to be a regular show or like a regular live show or whatever. Um, but yeah, so the amount of writing that I did prior to the live show was a lot. Like I have pretty much a notepad full of old 
storyline ideas and sketches and which I'll show sometime might put it on twitter one day it's pretty insane but like I, I didn't write any scripts at that point but i had a very kind of detailed outline of what i thought the storylines were going to mm-hmm. be um yeah. and so then we put certain things into the matches we didn't want to interfere with the matches too much but there's certain elements like uh body guy and shenway for example yeah. that all came from the fact that i knew that was going to run for however many more episodes as a drama um so yeah, I had no scripts at that point, but I had a good idea that of what I needed to. Yeah, happen you had the structure, just not the actual. Yeah, yeah. Vibe. So like, I knew how matches probably needed to finish, uh, or certain elements like yeah, with candy floss in the present and all that kind of yeah, stuff. Yeah, I think you had the whole story structure essentially yeah. for. But Which was something I had to not tell people too much because they were just there to have a match. <laughs> yeah. Is that? Can I just ask, is that something that comes from, do you feel like that's something that you you just don't want to, that's like a line you feel like you can't cross? Or was it just a thing that you were like, I don't really know where any of these things are going to be used outside of what I'm doing, so I don't want to force too much story onto what's happening. Like, if you could go back now, knowing what you know, would you have gotten more involved in what was happening in the matches? Um, Yeah, I think that would be the best way to do it really is to but i think at the time people it was too much information like they just needed to do what they did i don't want to get too involved um because yeah there is a line there that's not my area you know i don't know Mm -hmm. enough about wrestling to tell them what to do um but i know what stories i needed and so we had we actually had a meeting at the projo with everyone to try and before the show to explain what the show was and what we were trying to do and to kind of brainstorm ideas and stuff and we planned a few things so like uh everything that happened in the lumberjack match i got a chance to actually plan but like it was their ideas they just knew i just explained to them what i needed from that match and stuff like that so yeah it was kind of it was a collaboration which was really fun you told them as much as they needed so the story points what but they didn't need to know all the ins and outs really because i think that would have confused matters to be honest yeah because their priority is just to put on a good show on a good match yeah absolutely and i wanted that to be their priority i didn't want to have them worrying about everything else but yeah we sort of steered them and they were happy with that you know and and i think they were happy they were all very confused until they saw the show and went oh i see (laughs) (laughs) and of course you you had that chance to talk uh, the projo to most of the cast but there were a couple you know in the rest the wrestlers we were on the show for example donovan (laughs) dijak was on the show david Starr was on the show Mm. uh i personally told david Starr about the rats uh on the sunday (laughs) before the the tapings on the tuesday and he was he was pretty into it, but like, what was what what were the conversations like with with those guys as sort of international talent? Um, I think I, I knew I was going to have a Tuesday and Thursday night fight night, whichever day of the week it is. I don't know if anyone spoiled, but it does change. Uh, <laughs> I think Glenn says Tuesday. It's oh, good. Yeah. Uh, it's just another one of the many Easter eggs of Freedom's Road, <laughs> the non-continuity, deliberate. But yeah, the, I think there were <laughs> Sorry, a few, the to jump in, I think there were a few <laughs> matches like that that we knew weren't going to be they were kind of showcase essentially. Matches. Yeah. So I think they would just do your thing, Yeah. you know. Yeah, I mean, the four, the four people who wrestle on the TNFN are not they're not in the rest of the show yeah exactly i mean there's people like dijack that i knew we weren't going to get 
you, you know, we can't pin him down and film with him for months on end. <laughs> so, you know, he's a guest star. It's fine. Yeah. Because he was like two months from moving to Florida to go to NXT. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, but can you can you come back and spend some time with yeah. Projo, please? <laughs> yeah. To film this weird rat-based segment. Can you come and punch a rat? <laughs> I mean, that would have been great. I would have loved to see him discus big boot a rat. I would fly all the way over to the UK to punch a rat. That's right. <laughs> That's quote of the podcast. <laughs> so yeah, so you had the the stuff with the lumberjack match, and again, like like you say that it, you had to make it kind of work as a self contained wrestling show. So mm. again, people don't necessarily realize this, or you were you were if you were there that there was a uh, a sort of dark segment at the start of the show to set up that main event. Oh yeah, so I just came out and said about three words and then got interrupted by EBJ but that was just planned because I was aware that the show wouldn't make sense to anyone if if we yeah. didn't have some so that was literally just for the I think the you audience. just told the lot because I I think I was concerned that ending as it did with the if I, I don't know whether to spoil it but you know no, no, you can't. <laughs> we're doing spoilers yeah how how that match ended um I was concerned it would you know, people would leave on a low of, and confused. So I think you got up out and just said to them, things will happen that are a bit confusing. Just go with it. It will all make sense when you see it. I don't Which, know if I even did do that. I think I you did. Remember. You certainly intended to. I don't think I got, got it chance. all out. I, I think, think EBJ he, came and got me way before I think then. he, yeah, I think he... But that was just to set up the, what I knew the, the final episode would be. Yeah. And, yeah, I, I, yeah, I remember that happening. And I remember... Again, circling back to 1.5, the Rob Lynch promo on Matt Riddle was supposed to be for the live crowd to set up the next day's main event and then end up getting used a a little bit. Uh, So you did those things to kind of make it work as a wrestling show that people paid their money to see. I mean, it was more like, um, yeah, there was feeling like the series might not even work. Uh, You still want Progress to have their live show that they can put out and if it doesn't work, it doesn't work. Yeah, yeah, I mean, it was never... I knew it's not that hard to sort of retrofit stuff if you have to. To be fair, the the live audience were great because there was a chant of what the fuck that went on a while. And then I think think we played the Freedom's Road theme tune, what was originally the original theme tune, and everyone just applauded, and I was like, oh, thank goodness, they're not rioting. Well, see, this kind of gets down to what I think Freedom's Road is, like wrestling fans by and large are pretty smart like they're pretty clued up with this kind of stuff and they 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 know the deal with this kind of thing and that's hopefully what it sort of what do you mean they they know to they know that more will come of things they're up for stuff you know they they're up for a bit of experiment that sounds really weird (laughs) (laughs) yeah okay they're up for seeing where stuff goes yeah yeah yeah. and they're they're, they're they're there to buy into it they're pretty clued in. Yeah, see, I think you have more... I didn't have as much faith that people wouldn't... Would just go with it. <laughs> Reject but, it. Yeah, I, I worry about that. <laughs> but Some you, do, you, that's fine. Yeah, that's fine. But um, no, they... It's a bit for everyone. I was impressed. So. All right, so let's get into this then. The craziness okay. of season two. <laughs> I yeah, don't know what you're talking I, about. I have to stress that season one and 1.5, if we're calling it that, it really is... A totally it's like a different show yeah like it's it like a, for us making it and i presume for people watching it like you don't have to see the first lot it, it really it could easily just go under a different title are you talking about season two now yeah 
You said yeah. one point five. Was yeah, it even if they're totally different? Oh, okay, right. Yeah, because even the stuff there is some storyline that kind of carries over, but it's also like the EBJ and Daryl stuff. But yeah. that's it's all kind of re-explained. Yeah, yeah I think we even two. discussed at some point that we could have put it out under a different name. We did consider or, a different name. Uh, we I think we considered Freedom's Road colon the Projo at one so point, or like that, yeah. so people realised it was very separate because it is <laughs> like American Horror Story. Yes, exactly. <laughs> like a, almost a reset of things. To an extent. So, where what was the what was the first thing that you filmed for season two outside of the the matches? Obviously, uh, <laughs> I have absolutely okay. no idea. Um, I, I'll, I'll explain a little. Um, the scheduling for season two was an absolute nightmare <laughs> because um, people have you know a lot of the guys have jobs. They have full time jobs. They full time study. Um, and it hadn't occurred to us when Al wrote this epic So I'll say, script. after the filming of the shows, I had the outline, but then I went and wrote what was originally ten scripts, actually. It got edited up uh, down to nine. But, like, they were full scripts. They were full half-hour scripts. Um, and that took about maybe three months to write all those scripts. Yeah, and um, in, in 1.5, we n- you didn't write full scripts. It was always, it was here's a point, and they'll improvise around it, whereas these were full word-by-word, yeah, more these or less were fully, oops, It was the first time we'd done that. Scripts. So all the lines um, that you love, Al wrote them. Yeah, they're all from Al's brain. <laughs> I'd say yeah. most of we, them. We find that kind of amusing a, when people but quote I always, them on Twitter, and I was like, oh, I wrote that. But <laughs> to give, like, I always wrote at the top of every script that the dialogue in the script is a guideline, and improvising is fine, um, and mm-hmm. we would just work it out as we went. So it was all there, and they could do it. They want. like some of them liked to stick to the lines exactly as yeah. they were because they didn't know what else to say. Yeah, I mean, some stuff obviously was paraphrased. Yeah. Or... So like they they came up with it was all collaborative. They came up with things that mm-hmm. they would say. Um, I, I think Tom liked improv. I think his zebra stuff. I don't think you wrote that. Yeah, Tom um, had a few. He he liked to throw in little ad libs, which yeah. were great. <laughs> did you did you write? I don't take bribes, or was that an ad lib? That was an ad lib. Yeah. I can't take credit for that. Because that's one of my favourite underrated things. Yeah. yeah, I love that too. There's some good ones. <laughs> yeah, he came up with some good ones. Tom explaining the different cadence of referee counts Amazing. to trainees. Mm. All his... Well, no, that, I, was, that was in the script, but he <laughs> yeah. took it to another level. <laughs> yes, he did. Yes, you're right. <laughs> yeah, but that, so it was about three months of that. And then, of course, I passed the scripts to Debbie... Debbie sort of acts like um, I should explain, like the first AD or the producer on the show. So she it's breaks hard, it all down. It's hard to define my job because there's only two of us. Where you usually have a whole film crew. It's <laughs> yeah. So we have different jobs at different stages. But in terms of the pre-production, it was up to Debbie then to break down the scripts, tell me what was doable, mm. and convince me. It, there'd be a bit of back and forth convincing that would last days of like I really want to shoot this mm-hmm. no we can't shoot this it's impossible but I really want to let's yeah. find a way to do it and it, stuff like that I mean it was just people's availability that was a problem because you know they wrestle at weekends they work in the week when when do you fit this stuff in with people who have full lives already um, and they most you know they were all great there was the odd person who just couldn't the time, uh, really. Couldn't find the time. I mean, um, Sexsmith was meant to be in it a lot more originally, but he, unfortunately, he just moved away at the time. It was just bad timing, 
And so obviously we had to cut his part right down, which was quite a shame because we love Sexsmith, but um, it's just one of the... Sac- there were a lot of sacrifices that had to be made in the series. Yeah. And quite often I would have a scene that would have, I don't know, maybe eight people in, and there was there were two that just could not be there at the same time. And, well, one of the little secrets of the series, do you want to explain? Which one? Um, quite. <laughs> there's quite a few scenes where people were in the same having a conversation and they were not there at the same time. Oh, they yeah, were shot months, months apart. apart. Yeah. And <laughs> I'm not going to tell you which. I mean, that but... sort of thing happens on a film all the time. But yeah. when you're dealing with wrestlers who maybe don't realise that that is going to be fine in the edit, they mm. look at you like you're completely insane. Yeah, you're like, can you deliver this line to that blank wall but actually you're talking to this person and they're like but where are they <laughs> you're like well, don't worry about like, it we just found them it. four months ago <laughs> <laughs> so uh, continuity was always difficult yeah i mean it's all we're going to talk about that yeah we'll talk about that it's later. all um, <laughs> it's all normal things that we're used to dealing with mm-hmm. on film shoots but when you do it in this context it's well it was pushed to the it's a learning curve because you wouldn't you would usually have people in the same room, at least. You wouldn't normally write a script with 25 leading <laughs> leading <laughs> actors, essentially, who have never really worked in a film yeah. before, most of them. But I'm going to get back to your question, because I've just remembered what it was. <laughs> that um, uh, The way we shot was very broken up, if you like. It was very much, we have this person for one day. And EBJ, um, he... He was about to have his a child, so he's very. Uh, he couldn't commit much time to the project. Unfortunately, his role was originally slightly larger in a bigger yeah, role. We only had. Um, we have him for two days, two days in the end, I think. So he took priority, and we shot all his scenes first of that, all. So yeah, that's what we shot first. Yeah. Yes, um, or possibly Sexsmith's Day. I'm not sure because he was about to move away. So all of Earl Black Junior stuff was shot over two days, mm-hmm. um, and. Yeah, it was a when very... When I say two days, we only <laughs> had about four hours each day. Yeah. Yeah, just the way time was working. But yeah, the, so. whole, the whole shoot was very fragmented and it was a lot... I mean, Al does an amazing job of keeping things in his head because, you know, one episode, there's lots of people in the projo that are shot completely different times. So there were, all the time he'd be standing there going, OK, that person's there, that person's there. What can't we show? What can we show? Who would you sit, you know, and he, I can't keep it in my head. And I'm like, oh, I don't know, you're on your own. <laughs> and I'd just cry for half an hour and be like, oh, just shoot it. Yeah, I mean, I think I would, because there's a lot, there are a decent amount of scenes where there are, as you say, like a full complement of people in the projo. There's mm-hmm. a, a full training class. Yeah. And uh-huh. I, I think you start, when you, if you think about these things while you're watching it, I think yeah. you might notice there's, for example, maybe a couple of shots that pan across during yeah. those yes. scenes. Those are very rare because, as you say, you were filming these at different times. Yeah, it was all filmed. Like, there's a few rough edges in there, but hopefully, you don't think about it too much as you watch it. Yeah, no, I was just going to say. I'll tell you what. um, What we relied on is that not many people have actually been there, unless you're a trainee, (laughs) and that it is actually a small place. But people don't know how small it is. It could be bigger. You know, it was bigger in Al's mind, there I think. There was a lot of cheating in the geography. <laughs> there were more corners and places where people would stand <laughs> than yeah, I wrote in it. real life. <laughs> and then I got there and went, oh, shit. <laughs> so this I, is much, I much smaller than I thought. briefly go back, because you said that you mm-hmm. would fight over things that Al wanted to do. So, mm. Al, can you remember any of the really crazy things you wanted to do but didn't? 
Oh God. Um, do you know what? It's kind of hard to remember these things because you you get so focused on what you can eventually do that mm -hmm. you start to like those things are they're not a part of it. So you sort of just let them go. I'm sure there were some, but I can't for the life of me remember. There definitely were, but. There's a, there's a special effects scene that we never got to do that was too complicated. Oh, yeah, that's uh, true. Which was the, a transformation of the rats, which we had all worked out, but we just... Basically, you know, you work on these things as hard as you can, and then it comes a point where you're like, I need a deadline for this to come out now, so you just have to start dropping stuff, mm. which is a shame, but you just find ways to make yeah. it work without it. I don't think there was anything else drastic that you had to change there was a I few think things here and there but yeah. it was more just this person has to be completely cut from the scene because we can't get them at that time and so storylines did i wouldn't say they suffered but they changed a lot along the way you often when you're script editing if there's a scene you can't do or if you can't get someone together in the scene then you might there's a lot of scenes that are like a mashup of two or three scenes mm. So it has all the best bits and the information that you need to get across in one scene and it's all just put in one, which is good. It actually is a good way to edit scripts because the scenes end up working better anyway. And that is something Al is very good at. He's never precious about, no, I have to get this. He'd always say, if there's something we can't do, just tell me and I'll If I'll I was too precious, it. you'd still be waiting. Yeah, <laughs> that is true. And you uh, waited long enough. Jay, do you, do you want to ask anything else before we go to the the fan questions <laughs> no i'm just so excited to hear the answers to these questions Ooh, okay all right let's, <laughs> okay, let's yeah, go through let's, let's go through these questions we've got a couple on twitter we got a lot more on facebook uh so dave green asks uh dave green, <coughs> dave green who does a decent amount of performing uh, i think himself so maybe understand some of these things uh this is something that you and i have talked about al uh did you encounter many problems between the time frame between the wrestling show and scenes being shot continuity wise, considering it was nearly, it was over a year between the final product and the, and the show being filmed. Yes. <laughs> 10 million jillion problems that hopefully we smoothed over enough of them so that they're not too. I think I had more problems than you. Yeah. That was Debbie's problem. My OCD kicked in and I was like, <laughs> we can't shoot this. Chikara has changed her hair. Why has oh, well, she done this? The, the two, the two worst ones are Chikara's uh -huh. hair and Alex Cupid's hair. Yes, they are. Don't point it and out. Maybe no one will notice. Yes, they are. But, and you know what? We had a lot of debates about this. I was like, Al, we can't do this. What are we going to do? I talked to Chikara about it. There was, I mean, and do you like, know what it came down to? It came down to Al going, People just have to accept it. There's nothing else we can do. <laughs> there's, and... there's a lot of continuity things in there that we um, uh, had control over. And so it's little things mm. that you hopefully don't really notice that actually took quite a lot of planning for the continuity to, to work. Um, and then there's things like people changing their hair over the course of a year, which you just can't control. Yeah. So that's fine. You know, I was like, well, that's yeah, fine. You do what you can. Um, like I... I I you figure know, that they just they change into wrestling gear and yeah. their hair changes. That's fine. Yeah, see Al's this is what Al said is, <laughs> you know, they they kind of put on a was facade it, um, as I they go out. I spoke to John and about <laughs> it and John said it's like it's like stars in the rise. That's <laughs> <laughs> like exactly reference. They go through yeah. the curtain and tonight, mm. Matthew, I will be But yeah Chikara. Chikara's one pained me a lot and the scene after I won't say what it is, but the scene directly after the match, um, we tried our best to hide her hair. She had a hood. Um, 
but it just didn't happen. Her hair we gave did up. its own thing. So yeah, sorry and... about that. I did put a, a reference to it in the Fight Night episode, though. So no, you didn't in the end. Did you? Yeah, I did. Oh, there's a tweet about there's a tweet love, about love how great oh. hair We were going to put a line so. in that of I think Glenn was going to say something to her about it, and then we f- we forgot to get it on the day. <laughs> so basically, it drove me more mad than Al. Yeah. But it's just one of those things that can't. There's so many things about. on a shoot that you're trying to keep control over, so you just have to let some of them go. Yeah. Debbie, you're going to have to get over this spoiler thing because I'm going to ask you about the ending in two questions time. All right, go for it. <laughs> Before we get there, <laughs> Jim Taylor asks uh, for both of you guys, what's your favourite moment from the series and who's your favourite character? Ooh. That's a tricky one. Um, huh. I uh, love what the storyline and the performance that uh, Roy Johnson gave us. I think the whole thing works really well. He was amazing. He was amazing because we gave him what was essentially a ridiculous storyline, which he took to extremes, but he completely went with it. And, I mean, your direction, you directed him to play it straight, and that was the only way the audience would accept this ridiculous thing was to play it straight. And I think you do actually feel sorry for him for something that's ridiculous, but you you go with it. Um, Yeah, he was... I think he he actually put out a tweet and said, I'm a better actor than I remember. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, he was great. Really, really good. I mean, there's loads of stuff that I'm really happy with. Mm. Um, I mean, Mambo's a lot of fun to... It's just because he's Mambo. I mean... He's always fun. It's hard not to Um, favour the Mambo of Sherwood scene, to be honest. That was great. I think that was the... But last thing that we was shot? the last thing we shot, yeah, and that's episode um, episode two. That's, no, it's that's the very one. first one actually. One. That's the introduction to Mambo. Is you see Mambo show, <laughs> and I think there was someone who was disappointed it wasn't actual legit time traveling as well. Yeah. Which, <laughs> but um, yeah, I love him. I mean, Candy Floss is adorable, obviously. Um, I, I think Tom, Tom comes across great in it. Yeah, I'm I'm, ca- I'm calling he's, it Tom Scarborough. Great. Mr. Yeah. Freedom's Road Season 2. Yeah. yeah. Uh, he's in every match as well. Yeah. yeah. I feel bad you. he's not in the title sequence. He doesn't get a picture. But Yeah, well. <laughs> <laughs> he gets the most uh, yeah, screen time. He He'll get great. over it. And yeah. obviously, OJ Mo. I mean, I'd love to have his confidence. <laughs> he's... I love that he just turns up at training and is like... Hey, what about... He's... What if I fire the same question back at you? Yeah, you two tell us. <laughs> I mean, my, my, mine is Little Tom. Yeah, he's my, he's my favorite character, and I think the see it's it's a toss up between him explaining the cadence of counting and <laughs> the throwaway line of "I don't accept bribes" yeah. when he's being yeah. off when a trainee offers to buy him a drink at the pub. <laughs> it's just brilliant, and I, and are you telling me that that's him and that that wasn't scripted kind of makes it even better. It's just, <laughs> yeah, I just I, imagine I, him throwing that. He's out. the Bill Murray of. I I also love that. Just that he's the only one that notices the weirdness. That, yeah. Because I feel like that would be me in that situation of like, guys, <laughs> is no one seeing this? Uh, and that, would, that was an early concept as well, because that, that was you said that to me when we were doing the taping, mm-hmm. was that little Tom's the only one that's going to know what's been going on. <laughs> and he, Because yeah. you've got, the, as you said, you've got the guys like uh, like Spike Trevay and, and the OJMO who have an acting background. But mm. I, don't think, I don't think Tom does. Uh, he he does a little bit, yeah. I think okay. he does a bit yeah, of theatre and does. things, and oh. that definitely helped. And that's part of, I think that's part of. That's the why I knew he had a bit a of an role. acting background. So that's what, or mm. current, you know, I think yeah. he's oh, still yeah. acting a lot. Um, yeah. So that's why he had a bigger role. 
<clears throat> because I knew sense. I could work with them easier. But but yeah, that was definitely a concept, and it's it's a bit hard to hear. But when everyone runs out, when the rats appear, you do he, he does turn to the camera and say, "I told you," yeah, yeah, <laughs> which yeah. I love. <laughs> that was the um, invasion of the body snatchers moment. <laughs> <laughs> All right, here's the question. Uh, wait, wait, I ha- we haven't had Lady J's. Oh, I I think anybody in their right mind who wasn't anticipating the first moment that they set eyes on Chuck Mambo in season two (laughs) is a fool. Because if there was anything left over from 1.5 that we were all like, well, based on this ridiculous trailer that we've seen that we don't really understand, but we're very excited about, I need to know when Chuck Mambo is going to be showing up. So Uh, I love the because you did the you did the ridiculous time travel in in 1.5. There was two ridiculous time travel scenes and then yeah. there's another one in episode one but then there's actually like a just a regular time travel where he's late to go to the projo so just travels through time to get there on time yeah, which but, I, I like but he doesn't say this the bus. but he does just run with his board to get he a bus. travels through time but the, not space the music would <laughs> suggest that he travels through time but see i love this that does he does he not who knows? Are we not all traveling through time? Exactly. exactly. Time, time is and I, all relative. I do kind of want to see a spin-off of him and Roy Johnson's um, road trip through road time. Trip yeah. through time. <laughs> I all feel right. like it should be a cartoon. I, I just have to say, I know that this is not like part of continuity in the canon of progress mm-hmm. as a whole, but like I would not be disappointed if the person who ends up wrestling Matt Riddle in Wembley is Chuck Mambo and his surfboard. That would I mean, if anybody's gonna give Matt Riddle his last independent match, it really should be a time traveling Chuck Mambo, because that's one of my favorite scenes of anything that's ever happened ever is the two yeah, of them. I'd, I'd like awesome. to say, maybe maybe it's already happened. <laughs> Oh, see? Yeah, you go. You blown our minds. All right, here's the question. Lewis asks on Twitter, the ending, what the fuck? <laughs> but that's not really a question, though, is it? It's not. It's got a question mark at the end of it, therefore it's a question. I mean, everyone's asking me questions about the ending, but nobody's really coming up with any answers. I guess, I guess the, the question I would have, I, I guess, were you writing the ending of season two with an idea for a third season? Yes. But was it also intended to be the end if there never was one? No. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, you know, the second series of Twin Peaks ends on a cliffhanger, so got 25 years to answer it, right? I, I think that good writing is someone who exists in that space between I have set something up to go on to season whatever the next season might be. But also, if it all dies right now, then it's fine. Because mm-hmm. like, we've all seen shows that do both, right? Where they leave mm-hmm. you off with something at the end of a season, and you're like, there has to be another one because you, you can't end like that. Or there can't possibly be another season because you've tied everything up a little too well. Yeah. And yeah. this kind of sits nicely in the middle. Yeah, thank you. I appreciate that. That's cool. Um, I wanted to kind of leave a lot of questions dangling for people to discuss and answer because it could be a while until they're answered, um, if they're answered at all. So, you know, that's kind of, that was one of the intentions. I wouldn't say that we have an absolute definite idea of everything in season three, but I know where I, as I was writing two, I was getting excited about three, thinking, oh, we could go to this place or we could do this. But, you know... Cliffhangers are cool. <laughs> it goes back to the um, what I perceive as the sort of uh, 
intelligence of wrestling fans. They they can think about these things. I I think maybe I don't want to get you know wanky about it, but uh, I think Freedom's Road hopefully works on a level that is not what you, it's not an intelligent level, but it works on a level that you're not used to seeing in a wrestling show. It's kind of more abstract and more surreal, mm-hmm. particularly with the under the ring stuff. And I think you need to kind of put your David Lynch brain on to to come up with some <laughs> answers. You might not be thinking that when you sit down yeah. to watch a wrestling show. And you can definitely watch it without thinking too hard about those things. But <laughs> you can make it without thinking too hard about it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let, let's go. Let's go to the Facebook and try and bang out some more of these questions before we yes, go on forever. Uh, okay, uh, let's see what we got here. Um, well, we've, a- we've already answered Martin Bentley's questions, which are about when the Projo scenes were shot in relation to the live matches and, and continuity. Uh, I mean, I should add to that that the, the whole production of this took way longer than we expected it to. Yeah. Yeah, I think we originally thought a couple of months. This was like, and... we knew it would be a big project, but we vastly underestimated how big and how difficult it would be. Yeah, to, we, we've to made together. feature films before and we've shot two weeks straight and it's, it's done. Whereas we hadn't anticipated people's, you know, availability, the knuckle locks availability. Yeah. And so it, it did, it, I don't want to say dragged on. It but it, 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 you know, took a lot longer than we thought. So, yeah. Just, something keep just one of those things. <laughs> All right. Joe Atherton asks, uh, in, Hi, and Joe. I'll, I'll, I'll paraphrase these questions because I, I want to ask them more interesting ways sometimes. Okay. Uh, but I, I guess, I, and I don't, because I don't want to ask specific, necessary question, necessarily mm-hmm. questions as well. But uh, so in this third season that is planned out, but and I'll ask you at the end about the pretend, the likelihood of a season three. Uh, we'll leave that to the end. But I mean, would for uh, Earl Bly Jr. was a very popular character in Freedom's Roads, and of course, as you mentioned, uh, recently, very fairly recently, had a child and, and recently got married. Is no longer wrestling regularly, but. Would you like to see him return in the third season? Um, we have yeah. ideas, but um, because spo- spoilers, I he think dead. people see where he this dead. is going. Yeah, um, <laughs> that would. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Maybe there, there's. I've had some ideas, yeah. but again, these things are hard to pin down. That there's a lot of factors would. Yeah, but also it, you know, it would depend on him as nobody a likes real a, person. A retrocon <laughs> death. Well, there's ways. Is that the word? I mean, isn't he? We'll you see. Know, I have some, some ideas. Of... I'll be. I'll just say that when we shot those scenes, there was some discussion of an interesting way to bring him back, and that might yeah, happen. It might so happen. I, mean, I, I think. And I will say, my that is the- pretty good. <laughs> a potential theory that I have, or something oh, I yeah. thought, you know, something I we just like thought theories. while I was watching, was like. <laughs> I'm not convinced how much of what happened after they went back through the curtain actually happened. Interesting. Ah, you know what I mean? Okay. Interesting. That's an interesting theory. I like hearing I'm this. I'm not going to... Uh, yeah, sure. I just want to put that out there. That. Okay. But it's an interesting theory. I like this. And say, like, maybe maybe none of that actually happened. That would be a cop-out in Series 3, though, right? It would a little bit. Um, <laughs> Corey Carmona, Corey Carmona asked, "Were there any scenes that were hard to shoot because the crew or cast couldn't stop laughing?" Uh, I also mm. maybe want to ask if you want to tell the story about the hardest scene to shoot 
which I know what it is because you've told me this. <laughs> I think it would be unfair to name yeah. names. Okay. Uh, oh, no, I wouldn't. No, I wouldn't. Um, yeah. I'm going to talk about one scene that was quite funny. Just um, Mambo running in with a surfboard when he's he's late and he turns up late. Um, the, <laughs> that was rather amusing. So we shot it. that um, at night. And of course, Mambo makes his way to the Pojo during the day. So we needed to set up a light outside coming at shine again so that when he jumps in it looks like daylight we had one light with us because there's only two of us so we can't carry that much to the shoots so uh yeah i should add that like there's no crew on this it's literally me and Debbie. Yeah. there's no one else i we, mean we, we had would some help in a here friend there. to come and hold a boom mic now and then yeah um, that's not fair we had some help yeah we like, did in we terms of camera crew out. it was the two of us um we get people on sound occasionally because you know we only have so many arms each um which was very much appreciated because we couldn't have done it without those people mm -hmm. but yeah so mambo had to jump in in the daylight so when you say to mambo look you've got a surfboard you need to leap through the doorway and you know announce and please yourself. be careful of this wire do you, do you <laughs> which we said several times is this lamp going to be in the way is that going to cause a problem no, dude, I'll be fine. <laughs> Action. Smash. <laughs> no. Yeah. Um, and the annoying thing is, Al somehow double-pressed the camera button as well. The one so shot I missed. Yeah. We have the sound of it. And it, it's maybe better just, just as a sound take. Or just one, one day, uh, <laughs> I think, i tell you what, to answer this person's question without going into detail, one day we'll probably release some outtakes. Oh yes. I think we should talk One about day. that scene. I I want to put together outtakes because yeah. yes. we we had a lot of There's fun. There's some good it. ones there is. Um, but we were so pressed for time getting the thing finished. I think it's that... fine to name names because they have fully admitted these things themselves on I mean if you, if you, if you want <laughs> to cover the the cover we can call them Mandy and <laughs> Picara. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So Mandy <laughs> had a line that took 20 something takes mm -hmm. to get the line right and it uh -huh. it was it was it became yeah. hilarious then it became <laughs> hell on earth mm. and then it became hilarious again and then i nearly just called an end to the whole project <laughs> there and then and then we got it I, I and was, we all went for a break. i was raging because um yeah we were very short on time and they've been quite late and <laughs> It was a simple line. Oh, and you're telling all. I am. It's fine. It's fine. They they didn't mean to be late, but they were late. We were really short on time. And um, Mandy was having trouble with this line, and Pokara <laughs> was even going, "What's wrong with you?" It's a simple line. And she, yeah. It was very funny, but also very frustrating. But we got around it, and um, we got, yeah, the, we got the scene in the end, and that's the important thing. But I want to see the outtakes for that because they'll be funny. There are some funny. good outtakes. There's there's a couple of very specific sort of story questions and you can answer them mm -hmm. how you like. I'm gonna ask them. Mm -hmm. but you can answer them how you like. So Alex Fisher says, Who is the guy under the ring? <laughs> okay. Who do you think he is? I mean That's does he does he have a, does he have a character name? Because we never learn it on the show. Uh, I don't think he has a name in no, the script. No, in the script he doesn't. He's just called The Man, the man something. Under the Ring, yeah. yeah. something like that. I think he's just called The Man Under the Ring. Um, I have some pretty solid ideas of what that character is and what their motivation might be. Every, every scene with that... There are connections to every scene that that character is in that people 
I've not heard anyone talking about, which is fine because that's kind of the intention, but I wouldn't want to tell you what those are because my hope was that people would sort of have their own ideas about that. I feel so like go back and watch there's it. not there's yeah. not a, yeah, exactly. There's not like a definite answer to that question. I have an idea of that. Is it John Briley? <laughs> <laughs> I, I'll say it's not John Briley. It's not. Um, it's, it's Jimmy. Not it's, John, it's John Jimmy Barnett. It's Jimmy Barnett. <laughs> John it, did say, "Is it me?" It's <laughs> not. Like, no, um, no. I wouldn't say it's based on anyone. It's not a, like he's not. He isn't playing anyone. He is a character in uh, the, in the film. Yeah. You get the feel of what he is without logically knowing. So we, you know, we don't want to say too much and explain exactly what our solid ideas are because. Yeah, we didn't put them in for a reason. So I guess yeah. I, sort of production-wise, who is he? He's because he's not a wrestler. Oh, oh. So in terms of who he is in life, <laughs> but this will ruin everything if people yeah, know. Well. <laughs> uh, his name it. is it's Cy Henty, who's an actor, uh, appeared in some of our movies, uh, and also is my comedy double act partner. Yeah, he's a very funny man. Yes. Um, <laughs> he's not funny in this. No, yeah. he's not. Which was took a lot of good directing by Al for him no, not to be can, funny. No, he can turn no, it on. No, he can yeah. turn it on, yeah. Um, so, yeah, that's we are collectively known as the electric head. But uh, if you enjoyed his performance in Freedom's Road, don't expect anything similar in the comedy. Yeah, don't, don't, don't look him <laughs> up because you that. will ruin it for yourself if you see him in anything else because he's, he's very funny usually. <laughs> He came along to the last chapter show and got a few funny looks, which amused me. <laughs> so I have to say my experience, my limited experience with actors is that usually mm-hmm. the really funny ones make some of the most frightening characters. I that was my so. experience watching. Uh, did you watch uh, Jessica Jones on Netflix? I have. Yeah, with David Tennant. Because he can be very funny and very, like, his slapstick is very good. And then you see him playing a character like that. And I was so highly disturbed that I never actually finished the series because I was like, that is nightmare stuff right there. I I think generally comedians, um, they can turn in a good drama performance or a good scary performance pretty well. Robin Williams Mm -hmm. was good at it as well. Well, I think comedians have a, a dark side. Exactly. You know? Wow. All right, I'm gonna. I'm gonna right. So, okay, my new theory now is that the man under the ring is actually Jim Smallman. My, my theory is it's Al himself. It's a manifestation of Al. Uh, I'm gonna skip over some questions. I, mean, I'm sorry I don't want people chance. thinking that it is someone. It's not literally it's not someone, a person. No, but he uh, is. He no. represents something. We don't have time for all of these, but I, I, I think this yeah, is interesting. Uh, from Paul Ellett, who the who, if you could, you know, time, budget, scheduling notwithstanding is there any character in wrestling that you would like to have in the freedoms road verse can i before you answer can i just say that is such a great question that they're asking about a character and not a well i mean they, they, they did just yeah. say who in Brit, yeah. who in Brit wrestler from overseas would you like but i'm saying like you know what character in wrestling would you like my my favorite part of the question is that they referred to the Freedoms Road universe which yes. is quite nice <laughs> yeah. um, it well, it definitely is a separate universe too Progress. The Fru, if you will. The, or, the, or the PCU. <laughs> the Progress Cinematic Universe. Oh, yes. Jeez. Oh, that was discussed. Uh, <laughs> Answer the question. Um, I mean, obviously there's tons of people that you'd like to put in there. Like, you could play with loads of different ideas. Mm-hmm. But, like, my boring answer is that the point of it is to showcase up-and-coming people. So mm-hmm. it, it, I don't really... 
Having said that, Havoc would be quite good. I, yeah. <laughs> I mean, obviously, it'd be amazing to do something crazy with Havoc, but... Or Bray you know. Wyatt. Bray Wyatt would be good, in it? Yeah, that's true. I love Bray Wyatt. <laughs> can Can I offer a, a suggestion? Because yes. I've been thinking about this Please ever do. since I watched the trailer. I would, re- speaking of like uh, universes of wrestling, I would love to see a crossover between the Freedoms Road universe and the Chikara universe, especially with some of the weird things that they're doing right now with this like doctor who like creates clones of of characters and stuff. I feel like there (laughs) could be a really interesting um, like overlapping. Plus, they have a lot of uh, uh, anthropomorphic characters, which fits in (laughs) fairly well to what's happening with Freedom's Road. So it's a good idea. I'll be honest, I'm quite ignorant to a lot of the other stuff that's going on because I purposefully don't mm. watch it especially when i started work on this i i didn't want to get too heavily influenced or also reject ideas because they might have already been done in some way but yeah yeah we didn't want to do it crossover comic would be good you should do that <laughs> i'm just saying if three blind english mice showed up in chikara it wouldn't be that weird <laughs> <laughs> all right I like so nice. i i said i would ask you this last what would you rate the likelihood right now of season three existing? <laughs> Silence of consideration. Um, honestly, the truthful answer is that the likelihood rests entirely with uh, fans. If they if they want to see it, if they talk about it, because it, it came out to quite a lot of chatter, but there's probably still a lot of people out there who haven't watched it or that haven't given it a go yet. Um, and I would say that, yeah, like we're... I mean, we need uh, some time to work <laughs> out uh, better ways of doing it. Because if we did do another one, I think we would change a lot about the production and find different ways of approaching it that maybe means it turns around quicker or things like that. There's also the question of how far we can push it within a budget and things like that. So there's a ton of things. But in terms of whether or not there is one, like I'm pretty sure everyone's up for it. It's just a question of enthusiasm. Yeah, I mean, we've had so much good positive feedback, which I, to be honest, I expected a split. I expected more people saying, what is this? I hate this. But it's been, like I said, the haters are staying quiet. We've had so much positive feedback. But, I mean, for us, it's a massive amount of work. So it's whether or not, you know... If enough people want to see it, then yeah. that it boils down to that basically. So yeah. And what I, I would mean, suggest is, like I said on Twitter, if and it's not just a plug; it's a, you know, it needs to happen if people mm-hmm. want to see it because it's an investment for progress as well. So mm-hmm. um, if people want to see it, they have to tell their friends, they have to tweet about it. I want to see more fan theories. That's what I want to see, really, <laughs> uh, or more fan fiction with Chuck Mambo's time travel. <laughs> um, that, can, but you know. We just need a bit more... I mean, it's early days for it yet. This thing's going to be around for a while. And it's there's a lot of wrestling out there. So I think yeah. a lot of people will come to it a bit later. Um, yeah. I mean, word of mouth is what will create a Series 3, basically. Yeah, I, I think I think it is, very, it is likely to happen. But we can't do it yet. We've just finished. <laughs> Everyone's and it's so frustrating it. when, when you just finish something and people want the next thing. <laughs> like, dudes, give us a minute. <laughs> but yeah, everyone, everyone is up for it. So I don't, I see it happening. Hopefully just, just give us some time. <laughs> yeah. I think Can I'm I, fairly confident it will happen. 
Yes. Can I also ask, um, mm-hmm. sort of like a, a tangent to that, is you mentioned before when we were talking about like Chikara and stuff, not, well, I'm talking about the promotion Chikara, not to yes. be confused with the person Chikara. Um, <laughs> have you considered, I know you guys are filmmakers, but have you considered opening up the Freedoms Road universe to other formats? Ooh. Uh, what you mean as in? So like comic books or like radio dramas or anything yes, like that. It's probably yeah. I mean, I love all that stuff. So like pretty much everything. And I... we've worked in most of the. I mean, Al is a writer. Um, you, you I, I have said to him numerous times, please, could you write season three as a novel? And then I, I don't have to do any work. <laughs> <laughs> so if the season three comes out as Freedom Road, the novel, then happy reading. Um, <laughs> But yeah, no, like it would be cool to branch out a little bit as well. There's a, there's ideas and it's kind of what people want as well because yeah. we don't know what, you know, we want to know what fans want. At the end of the day, um, as long as season, I mean, I know we talked about the first block being an experiment, but season two was just as much of an experiment. And the idea with season two is to start relatively normal with an underlying weirdness, and then by the end of the series, the weirdness literally rises to the top, and you have this whole new thing and if people have accepted it up to that point which is how i've tried to write it is a slow burn mm. um when you get there if people want that to keep going then they just need to say that and then maybe it will happen <laughs> <laughs> just right. wish hard enough kids so i'll be starting a petition for the freedoms road radio drama immediately yeah. on twitter oh, after get that. Awesome. <laughs> you, I, uh, you've done plenty of radio dramas i have done quite do a lot of radio dramas so that i'm up for that definitely i did also see on a um during the Edinburgh Festival this year, the uh, wrestling well, might not be as exciting in a radio yeah. drama. Just so, <laughs> so during the Edinburgh Festival, and... the, for the oh. book festival, they had this thing where they would WhatsApp you lines from a novella. Oh yeah, so they would send you a, a novella via WhatsApp, like a line at a time. <laughs> Maybe you could just send just Freedom Road to people. Like that, yeah. yeah, interesting. Just yeah. instant message it to people. Tweet the people. more talk, like in seriously though, the more talk there is, the more that we will see it and. It'll give everyone the. It just let it'll let us know that people want more, basically. Which yeah. at the moment that seems because when we released season two, we were like, "We're dying. We can't possibly ever do this again." This was this nearly killed us all. Mm. And then when it came out and people really liked it, we started going, hey, "We could do the third one. Yeah. Like it's not impossible." <laughs> yeah. So if that enthusiasm <laughs> builds, and you know, let progress know basically, and then it will mm. happen. All right. Debbie Out and Al, <laughs> we very much appreciate your time. Thanks. Thank you for Thank having you for us. Having it's it's nice really, to talk about it's it. very nice to talk I about it. Oh, we didn't it. ramble too much. but Oh, know, we probably did, whatever. but it was always oh, yeah. going to happen. There was so much to discuss. There was. I f- <laughs> it was different. It was certainly different. Yeah, and, uh, so yeah. Hopefully, like, gave people a bit of an insight into yeah the the hurdles the <laughs> that hurdles. it took to get Freedom Road to everyone. Uh, yeah. Where could where could people find you guys on social media? Um, I'm on Twitter just as Debbie Atwell two T's, but I don't use Twitter much. But you can find me there if you want can to you, get in touch. Can you please tweet more things that Al says during his sleep? That was oh sure, I no, have a no, whole that, book that of them. Be, that might be spoilers so... for season three. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's, there's all. They happen every day. This morning, he thought I'd been bitten by a fox. 
disclaimer, she had not, in fact, been bitten by a fox. I hadn't, no. That's good to hear. I was worried for a second. Yeah. <laughs> I am Al's Twits on Twitter. You tweet even less than Debbie. He does. That's yeah. not, I'm, I'm that a visual true? person. Find me on Instagram. That's better. <laughs> Debbie does a very good Instagram. Where, where are your Instagrams? Um, it's Debbie's Adventures in Wonderland. Because, you know. It's a good Instagram. Yeah, thanks. I'm All friends right. also if anyone wants to look. But I mainly just post Ghostbusters stuff and fun things like that. So. <laughs> All right. Well, we're going to wrap this up for the Progress Podcast. We'll thank be back. you so much for having us on. Yeah, thank you very much. It's nice to uh, talk about Freedom's Road. Because it's it was been a year our... since we've got to talk about it. Yeah. So. <laughs> it was our pleasure. We will see you back here next week for the Pro- Progress Podcast for the first part of the Wembley preview. That's right. It's that time already. You can follow Progress at this is underscore progress on Twitter. It's on Facebook, demand-progress.com, where you can find Freedom's Road Season 2 and all the other Progress stuff as well. ProgressWrestling.com for your tickets, your merch, everything else you need. Jay and I will see you next week.